whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. And the Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, graciously hear the prayers of your people that we who justly suffer the consequence of our sin may be mercifully delivered by your goodness to the glory of your name through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Old Testament reading from the book of Deuteronomy in the 30th chapter. See? I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them. I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore choose life, that you and your offspring may live Loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. This is the word of the Lord. In our epistle reading from the first letter to the Corinthians, in the third chapter. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise in honor of the gospel from Matthew's gospel in the fifth chapter. 
You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words this day as we continue to hear from Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. We pray you also work by your Holy Spirit, that you guide our hearts to hear your word, uh, that you would remove distractions from our hearts and minds, and let our ears resound with your word for us in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. It says sermon there, but if I were to throw a title up there, it would be a matter of the heart, and we'll get there. Remember, we're walking through the Sermon on the Mount right now, just following the regular texts of the church year, and we began just a few weeks ago with the Beatitudes, hearing this wonderful declaration of blessing from God to his people, and saying, you are blessed. That's your relationship between you and God. God declaring you blessed, forgiven, and loved. And then he says, here's what the life of the blessed look like. And he calls you salt, again, a declaration. He calls you light, again, a declaration. Nothing that you build within yourself, but something that God does through you in your relationship with others. You are the salt of the world. You are the light in a dark world. You are God's person in the middle of his creation to share his word with all those that need to hear it. You're blessed before God by his hand and his love. 
and you are his voice and his people throughout the world where you need to be and in the world that needs to hear from him. You are those two things. Last week we ended with kind of a hard word though. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What? That's a lot of righteousness. And we know that that righteousness is fulfilled in Christ. And our words today really flow from that last sentence, though, that he spoke. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And for the mind of the disciples and those following Jesus there at the north end of the Sea of Galilee, remember, as they sit on that hillside, they're just spinning with what that could look like because they've heard all of the commandments for forever as they grew up in synagogue and as they heard them from their parents, as in they remember from the scriptures all the way back to Moses, they remember hearing what it was like to live as the people of God and what was necessary. They would flow through all ten commandments, right? You shall have no other gods before me. You shall uh, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You shall not take my name in vain. You shall honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. And that's where Jesus starts today. Not necessarily in the relationship with God or family in the home. But he says, you've heard it said to those of old, you shall not murder. Okay, cool. Check that box. Haven't killed anybody. He says, But I say to you, first off, that is nothing any rabbi would ever say. Because in that moment, Jesus is taking authority, standing in the place of the author, the one who is speaking a new word, speaking a word that is deeper and different than what had been said before to those of old. And he says, but I say to you now, in your ears, if you're angry at your brother, You've already killed them in your heart. And they go, oh, huh. That's different. Because now it takes it from an action of the hands and it moves it inside. It moves it to a matter of the heart. He says, if you're at the temple, if you're at the altar, there for a feast day with everybody else in the world, and you remember that back home there's somebody who has something against you and someone that you've hurt or they've hurt you. He says, drop everything that you were about to give to God and go make things right with your brother first. Now, remember from that first day when we were talking about distances and things, if you were in Galilee area, if you were in the Capernaum area and you needed to walk down to Jerusalem, that's about like walking from here to Malibu. Okay? And he says, if you're all the way in Malibu and you're about to go surf, don't do it unless you make things right with your brother. You need to go back home and go get things straight. Go work it out with him first. And then come back. Well over a week's worth of walking. Almost a week and a half. Just before things could be made right. He says, if you're angry with him, go reconcile. Bring the two of you back together. Speak words of forgiveness because... We know that if you're angry with him and if you have something against him, that's bad enough. And you've also heard it said that if you hurt somebody, if you murder somebody, you're liable for judgment. Well, that makes sense. You go to the courts and there should be justice done. He says, but I say to you, if you insult somebody, you're liable to the council. So now if I just use my words, I'm going to be caught before the Sanhedrin, the legal lawyers of the day, the local judges of the day. He says, but if you call somebody a fool, 
which I guess that's worse than insulting them. I'm not really sure in the two of those. But nonetheless, he says, if you use your words to continue to break somebody else down and deride them and uh, speak poorly about them and everything else, he says, you're liable to the judgment of hell of fire. The word in there, often translated as Gehenna. Gehenna was an actual spot just outside the city where all of the unclean things would be tossed. And have you ever done a compost pile? You know what happens if you don't mix up a compost pile? What happens? Flies, nastiness. Have you ever seen it on a cold day? Steams, heat builds up. It can spontaneously combust. It's hot on the inside, gases come out. Now imagine all of the unclean things from a city all getting thrown out into a pile. All the unclean things from sacrifices, all the unclean things from waste, all the unclean things from harvest times, all the unclean things of the town getting thrown into a pile outside that was eternally steaming, smoldering, and nastiness. That's Gehenna. Actual, literal spot just across the valley from the walls of Jerusalem. That's what gets translated as the fires of hell a lot of times. Okay? This spot where all the nastiness is thrown. And Jesus says, if that is, you know, that's what you're liable to when we use our words from the heart, the sinful things that come from our heart to speak poorly against folks, not only is it liable to judgment and the council, it's liable to be thrown out inside the city into this place of terribleness, the unclean things separated from the clean. And he goes further, moves into the topic of lust. Now it's not a division between people, but a division of desires, right? The desire of God for a sexually pure life, the desire between uh, a husband and a wife, and to have that desire split and now focus in another area and have a heart that's split in two because of eyes that see something or because of a heart that goes a different direction. And he says that's not good either. That's also liable to be thrown out inside the city with the unclean things. And he says if your eyes are causing you trouble, cut them out, throw them away, get them gone. If your hand is causing you that same sin, throw it out, get it gone. This is a little facetious. He's not being literal here. But as he moves through, we see that division of desire move into a division of a unified couple as well. Now, it's hard when we talk about divorce, absolutely. Different cultural contexts and things, but really not all that much different. If you, we can spend some time in a Bible study or another time to dig deeper into that in all of Scripture's words around that. But nonetheless, I can guarantee you that anybody that has walked through divorce did not have that intent when they got married. It's still a division, no matter how it happens and for whatever reason. It's still a division. It's still a breaking up of a unity. It's still a promise that degrades. And it's hurtful and it's hard for all of those involved. And he says that is still not God's ideal, right? And then moves from there into oaths, how we use our words. And he says, don't take an oath by heaven or by the earth. 
Those are God's things. Don't take an oath by your own head because you have no control over things. He says, if you're going to do anything, just say yes or no. Don't try and split your words and have a division of intent with how you're going to fulfill something or not fulfill something because all of it and all of that division, all those things that break it apart are unclean things that need to be thrown out into the pile outside of the city where all the unclean things go to burn. And if we follow Luther throughout this entire section, he says, you know, if we hear Jesus' words to cut off a hand and throw it away, cut off an eye and throw it away because they're causing us troubles, Jesus is getting to a matter of the heart. And if we're honest about it and take him literally, that's exactly what would need to go and be thrown out into the unclean thing. There wouldn't be anything left. Because through all of it, we're left in a place where we're either liable to temporal judgment then and there by the judgments and counsels and everything else or eternal judgment because it's stuff that goes against God's design, against God's wills, and against God's wants. We're left in a place where the entirety of us would need to be thrown out into the unclean thing. But see, in that matter of a heart, there's also another heart. God's heart. God's heart shown to us in Jesus. And as he speaks these words to his people, he knows that in not very long from that day, he's going to be showing them what God's heart looks like. God's heart that is absolutely pure, absolutely clean. God's heart that is given out for you. God's heart that as Jesus walks on the earth and then as he goes into the unclean places and sits with the unclean people to speak words of forgiveness to them, he then walks outside the city, beaten and bloodied into the place of unclean things so that you don't have to. He goes into that place to grab a hold of everything that is unclean and to make it clean once again so that as he then it comes into your being and in your life as you're baptized into his word, his love and his righteousness and his heart is what flows over you. His is all of what he is and has then fulfills and fulfills you. You see, what we have in there that would need to be done away with because it's unclean, he makes clean. He makes it whole. He brings it back to God, offering it to him as a perfect, spotless gift. As he lifts up his bride, right? The whole church gathered together in his righteousness and his forgiveness, he offers back as a spotless lamb and a spotless bride to his father. And he says, here she is, Lord. Here she is, Father. My bride that I died for, that I went outside the city for, that I sat in the unclean places for, and then rose from the grave for to give life to. In all of those places where we may deserve to be outside the city in the place of unclean things, in all the matters of the heart that split us apart from each other and from God, Jesus brings forgiveness. And he forgives you. He showers you with that same forgiveness and righteousness in his word and in his promises. And that cannot be taken from you. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done through your Son to make us yours. Where we would place ourselves outside of all that you would have, we thank you for going outside of the city walls, going into the places of unclean things, grabbing a hold of us and bringing us back to you to hear your word, 
to receive your promises and to be filled with your gifts in Christ. We pray that you lead us each day by your Spirit to glorify you in all that is done and as you send us out as salt and light that we would continually bear glory to you in uh, all the world so that they would hear of your love for your creation in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. I invite you to rise as you're able and we will